Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Skill Modeling Podcast. Here, we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to take a moment and thank all of you, the listeners out there, for your support. We would also like to thank our great sponsors for their support. Detailed Scale, Furball Aero Design, Tamiya USA, Sprue Brothers, and Basis by Bill. Please have a look at their websites and have a look at all their fine products. Now, buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a part of your modeling bench sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Hey, what's crackalackin', Model Geeks? It's Frildo, and welcome to episode 58 of the MGPC. And I am joined this wonderful Monday evening with my three illustrious co-hosts, Scott Nemo Samo, Andrew Whitey White, and joining us again, Tim El Presidente Holland. Fellas, Yo, guys. What's going on? Really? It's a sweater! <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. good. Busy weekend. Good. Busy weekend. Oh man, my weekend sucked. My AC crapped out, so now I gotta go. We've been nursing this thing along for about I don't know five years. Man, I better <laughs> knock on wood. Oh, AC juju. I don't know Finally, bad juju. I know a company. Oh, you do? You know a guy? Yeah. Okay. Pass me the info. I'm trying to get <laughs> estimates from because I got one from. I won't name names here on the air, except that there were two that were way more than one other guy but you never know and yeah the one guy that i that i've had for a while i'll say his name because he's pretty good it's re graves um he's actually been really good he, he he thought he's like hey i'm just letting you know like I, you know i, I oh, man you, you need freon your system's leaking it's getting worse every time he's like you really should think about he's like i can put freon in it for you he's like but it's really expensive so you know it's but like 150 I, bucks a pound. It was or expensive, like that. man. It was like seven, eight hundred dollars to fill the system back up. And he's like, "Are you sure you don't want to maybe just you know put it into a new system?" And I'm me thinking, "I'm ah, nah, man. Put the new Freon in there. It'll be good." Yeah, it lasted for, for like, a while. <laughs> yeah, it lasted for like two months. And th- like this yeah. weekend was the first time we kind of came close to 90. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it, my my upstairs bedroom never got below 80 last wow. night. So Allison's like, that's it. We're done. We're buying a new AC. Get on it. And I'm like, getting ready to go out of town tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, trying to get AC crap done. So the weekend was okay, but yesterday, you know, it was, it's, we didn't sleep. Well, when, for us, like, our bedroom is on the western side of the house. And ooh. from like one o'clock on, man, it just bakes in there. Yeah. And so a neighbor of ours, she is moving out of her house and moving into a smaller apartment just because it's just her and her son. Yeah. And uh, so she was selling one of those big, you know, like not, not big, but portable air conditioners that you put the exhaust vent into the Yeah, yeah. into the window and everything. So we jumped on that and that helped out a lot in our room cuz we'll put it on like like now I think it's running and it kind of cools our bedroom down cuz it, it was un, it's un, unbearable, man. It'll be oh, like man. no kidding, it, 20 degrees warmer oof. in that room. And then you can't a... see cuz yeah, cuz you're too damn hot, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it takes forever to cool off. Yes, it does. All right. Yeah. So anyway, sorry for the freaking oh, rabbit yeah. hole. Just AC woes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a guy. I'll send him your name. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Whitey. <laughs> All right, let's talk some model stuff. Let's see what you there guys are go. working on. There hey, we that's go. why I'm here. All there right, Scott, kick us off, brother. Man, so uh, I'm making good progress on the little Tamiya 48 scale, the 109, the TROP version. And uh, I had a little bit of a oopsie that turned into eh, not too bad. But the bottom line was um, I mixed my paint. Like the, the Tamiya directions, the call out in the in the actual kit are pretty accurate. You know, I, I mixed the two colors. I think it was like XF 64, which is like a red Brown. And then there's like uh, I think it's XF 59 desert yellow kind of mixed. They have a give you, give you a little ratio, mix those up. And I, I test sprayed it on my mule. Looked great. Looked good. My only thought was, Oh man, those are desert aircraft. They're, they're going to, they're going to fade. So I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. So I, I lightened it up a little bit. I just added a little bit more like deck tan or something. And then I sprayed the blue. It looked great. Weathered it a little bit. Sprayed the the sand color, and I was like, "Huh, that looks. It just looks too. It looks too light." But I'm like, eh, "It should be fine." So I take the time to spray all the green little splotches, which are a pain in the ass to spray. And then as soon as it's all done, I even put a wash on it. I'm like, "Yeah, it's too light. <laughs> it's too light. Damn it!" So. I mixed a little darker color and went back. And what I ended up doing was kind of just spraying around. I used the Sotar and I really thinned the paint and I went around each one of the little green splotches with the darker color, every single one. And it looks really cool. So there was a kind of a, Oh shit moment. To, well, it looks pretty, it looks kind of neat. Now, I'm not done weathering it yet, but it already looks a lot better. So um, of course, gotta I gotta stop now because I'm going out of town for a couple of weeks. But next up is spraying all the markings and and uh, hopefully I can get it finished here in a couple of weeks because it I think it looks pretty cool. So that's that's all I've got on the bench right now is trying to finish that up and it's a fun little kit, man. But it's all kind of you know I, I'd say it's all downhill from here because painting markings are are easy. So and then what I got next I have no idea shelf of doom or something else grab something fresh yeah man yeah yeah maybe another f-16 or something i don't know but that's what i got going on man 48 scale ch-53 (laughs) or mh-53 excuse me oh man i you know i just i should especially now i've got that a really decent book um but you know I, i don't know man it's just it's so much work it's a lot and it doesn't have to do with Oh, I don't want to build it because it's not going to be accurate. No, it's just a lot of pieces, and it's just—I don't know. Start it, and uh, you know, work till you get tired of it. Shelve it. You know, <laughs> yeah. You, fo- yeah. Focus on subassembly. You can always come back to it. Oh, I know. I just like—I wh- got all these one these Hasegawa thirty-second scale one hundred nines that I picked up recently, which I'll get into that later. But um, at the old yard sale, but. Um, I don't know. I I'm just I got them on the one oh the Japanese and one oh nine kick, you know, right now. So anyway, that's what I got. All right, cool. Whitey, what are you working on, man? I'm uh in work on the one seventy second Mavis for our Japanese not a not a Japanese zero build, uh club build, you know. Yeah. Uh so I'm pressed I, I started that a while back and then, you know, was 
hitting projects here and there and then decide, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, I want this thing done. I want it to get in Tim's truck and go to, go to San Marcos with them for a club display. So that's my press right now is to get that thing done by, um, what? When, the last when, meeting when, in July. when do you leave? The last meeting in July? Well, yeah, the meeting in July. Okay. Worst case, the Friday, not the last Friday in July, because hopefully I'll have this thing all Tetris up and figure out where everything yeah. goes. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll get it to you. I'm not really like I just I'm not. I hate to say it like this, but I'm not making it one of my project projects. I just want to get it done, so I'm just pushing through. You know, yeah. like I had this vision in my head of it all weathered and chipped and all this kind of stuff. Now I might go to to some degree with that, but because those things were pretty nasty and weathered up, and that's how I want it to look. But um, I don't know. It's, again, having that time that window and and i just want it in the in the club display so that's 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 my priorities just getting it done for that um the kit itself you know it's funny it's a 1970s 1970 issue the particular boxing i have is a 73 boxing um and just some of the old ways that kits were done in manufacturing like there's no the the instructions are really obscure you know there's 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 pictures like like you would expect but then most of what they want you to do is described in text and um and, and that's fine but there's a little bit of loss in translation uh stuff there as well um but then just the way some parts fit it's like okay this goes here but they don't really show like the the main thing i ran into last night was the the the, the wing struts uh, they have these really long wing struts and, uh, you know, the old plastic, um, you know, there's a little bit of uh, warpage to them. And so getting them in place, there are holes on the side of the fuselage, but there are no holes on the wing. There's just, a, in the, again, in the drawing, they just kind of point to where they're supposed to attach. And there is some a raised area there. Um, and, again, finding uh, reference photos for these things is is not happening. Uh, so, you know, you know where you're supposed to attach it, but there is no pin or there's no slot or anything like that. So I just kind of, I got them positively attached to the sides of the fuselage and, and walked away. And then um, last night I uh, I sat down and just kind of laid them in place on the uh, where they were supposed to attach to the wing. The wing was already set, level, even, you know, aligned. Uh, yeah, we to saw the, your to the, jig. To the top, um yeah, my, my paint bottles and that's pretty good though. <laughs> that, was, that was good. My was paint like, bottles and Mister Surface of bottles, jigs. Yeah, that's um, what I have you Lego for. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, that's a great solution too. Tool um, tip right there. So I, I got them laid in pr- place and just hit them with some uh, what Tamiya thin and just let them dry where they sat, and because uh, they're not really supporting the wings necessarily, so I'm not, it's not like they're they're critical. Uh, I just want them to look good, like to be even and um and not you know not warped <laughs> you know so they they laid they laid they laid even so that's what i'm happy about uh from there flaps i forgot to you know it has movable flaps um but i forgot to attach them inside the wing prior to closing up the main wing section which i'm not really concerned about it's not like i'm gonna run the flaps up and down uh so i just glued them in a uh in a down position, um, just because I I think aircraft will cool that way. So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, uh, pressing along, I'll start getting paint on it probably this week. Uh, I think I'm just going to hit it with a uh, a coat of uh, 
Tamiya AS12 right out of the can, or maybe some LP11. Give it a silver undercoating. Put some of that uh, rubbery, or maybe I'll maybe you know what I'll probably just for the heck of it screw around with some hairspray technique and come back over it with some green and, and, and chip away at it. Dude, or just bust out the good old Prismacolor. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. easy. You know, you can try it. That's a lot. I will say that it's big, man. This thing, you know, seventy-second uh, scale, yeah. four-engine flying boat. It, it, it's it's a lot of plastic. I think yeah, right hair- right now you're the biggest uh, biggest kit in the group build. <gasps> unless, Centerpiece. Uh, well, unless um, uh, Jonathan <laughs> finishes the Emily. Now is he? You know, initially I was going to do the Emily, and um, Chris, uh, buddy. Chris Lovewell, he actually sent me a Haskell kit, the newer release. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at the timeline and I was like, I don't, that's a kit I don't want to rush through. I want to really give yeah. that thing the, the, it's a really nice kit. Yeah. You know, so I, uh, the Jonathan's I held on the, to that. The old legacy Emily kit from 70 ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the same time as this thing. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful airplane. Yep. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm working on. Nothing really else happening. I got that Seawolf sub sitting over there, too. That's been kind of my, uh, you know, while I'm waiting for something to dry, I'll shoot some paint at it or whatever, but not a priority. All right, cool. That's it. Yep. Sounds like fun. El Presidente, sir. Well, I'm making some good progress on that uh, Sword Sky Knight. The uh, um, Finally got all the stickers on it. And um, I just need to let it finish drying, and then tomorrow morning I'll shoot a coat of uh, lacquer clear, and then I'll start the weathering process. And uh, at this point, I am well, well timed to have it ready for nationals for the uh, Model Geeks group build, the uh, um, uh, Mig Killers group build. So I'll definitely have that. I was actually thinking about uh, what kind of base I want to put it on. Probably won't do a base because I don't think I could have a base done before uh, before nationals. Well, didn't they use PSP during the Korean War where those things were based? Yeah, they did. And so I I bought a package of PSP, mm-hmm. um, some photo etch, and it is uh, one. It, it's not cheap, and two, there's not much there. So I would need probably three more packages to get enough to put on a base. So I'm. I'm toying with the idea of just using it as a template and making something out of either card or uh, plastic. Um, I'm not sure because I might be able to run something through my uh, silhouette cutter that would look like, um, you know, some thin sheet styrene that would uh, look like PSP. Because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, that's not going to be the focus of the, of the model, right? It's going to be the the model. I don't want to want people going, Ooh, look at that base. Um, cause it ain't all about that base. So now have you tried eBay? Because I know Edward does a 48 scale plastic one that I put with the P 47 that I did. And I'm sure, I'm sure they got to do a 72 scale one that way. It's already done. You just got to paint it silver, weather it. And- yeah. The only one I found on eBay when I was looking, this has been a couple of weeks now, uh, was fairly expensive. It was going to be, it was going to, almost uh um triple the cost of the the model and i said no i'm sorry i that you know this was not an expensive model and um i the last thing i want to do is is make it extremely expensive so 
yeah, I'm going to hold off. And, and and I think right now, though, like I said, my my best way forward, uh, I'm going to be one-armed for uh, about six weeks. So um, the good news is my right arm is still going to be usable. So I can sit here with a mouse and I can draw. And uh, um, that'll be the... Um, that'll be the way to give me something to do while I'm, um, uh, while I'm hard down, if you will. Well, that's good. Well, excellent. Yeah. Cause I saw the yeah. pictures and you, um, uh, you took care of that seam that popped open on the nose pretty good. Yeah. I I'm real happy with how the, uh, the seam came out. I, the, I had a ghost seam initially that, uh, was just giving me fits. And after the third try, I went back over, um, I had tried a couple of different things. I went back over with a final attempt using uh, super glue and baby powder, um, equal parts, and um, just put that on the seam and just took my time with, uh, uh, I think I started with about 1200 grit and uh, a nice hard brand new sanding stick, worked it and got it down so that it looked like it was start just starting to take the primer away. Um, around the where the the uh, I had I'd laid the super glue and uh, powder, and it, it just as it started to go away, that's when I started shifting to other um, sanding sticks, and it got a nice feather to it. And when I shot the primer over it um, after that, there was I could not see it. So um, you know, if the uh, uh, the judges look at it with their their uh, light, they'll probably see it, uh, but I didn't see it, not even with a camera. So my hope is is that uh, they won't see it either if it's still there. But you, that's and not to go down this freaking rabbit hole. Holy shnikes! But like, if you take a pen light to any like seam, you can you can see the you know it's like hold on, folks. Like I don't know that just always drives me nuts when you see the dudes like every single model they're looking at every single mating surface. It's like you're good. You can see it. You know how how yeah. crazy with the cheese was? Do they want to get? Not, oh, I, I agree. Know, I just, it, if you're, looking, if you're looking yeah. to eliminate a model, break out a pen light. Yeah, you will yeah, find a reason to eliminate the model. It's just, just that simple. Yeah, um, just, w- which is why I don't use a pen light. When I exactly. judge, I use whatever light's available to me in the venue. Um, if I use a light, it's going to be from a distance just so that I can see the subject. Yeah. And that'll only be if the lighting is really crappy in the in the venue. I guess, well, just, yeah. like, I'm trying to number- remember which one it was we were in where the... The lighting was so bad. I mean, you, you'd look at a model, and they they all looked like they were essentially navy blue uh, uh, aircraft. Maybe what, it could have been Fairfax. Maybe one year. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't yeah. Fairfax, but well, I, I forget you know, what year at it was. Didn't I, they, I just thought it was at Nats. Didn't they specifically say no lights? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah they one. did. Yeah, and then the, yeah. you know, you, then you you you, you local. Well, I mean, that's a, that's it's fine. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm Mostly not gonna walk walking around with headlamps, <laughs> walking yeah. around yeah. with headlamps. Bunch of old dudes. I need my damn light because I can't <laughs> see <laughs> can't, shit. Can't well, see anything right. without the light. Well, maybe, you know, then maybe, maybe you shouldn't, shouldn't be judging. Judging. There you go. Amen. Yeah, that's the factor too, right? Yeah, that that's when yeah when I can't see the model, that's when I quit judging. And uh, um, when I'll still build models, they just they will probably look like the same thing I built when I was (laughs) six or seven. But so what? You know, I'm going to have fun, right? Because that's what it's all about. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only thing I had a uh, the only other thing I was working on because I was you know waiting for things to dry. I'm like, I got to do something. I reached off and uh, there's there's an old P47D Hasegawa um, uh, Razorback that was on my shelf that I had finished 
30 plus years ago and um, probably closer to 40. Anyway, it, it, um, it, it broke in one of my moves, but it looked like it was an easy fix. And I decided that uh, it's not an easy fix. And um, so I snapped off the landing gear and I'm, and I'm redoing it in uh, Robert S. Johnson's uh, markings. And I'm going to put it on a stick and it'll look a whole lot better. And um, uh, especially since it'll reflect my current skills, not my skills from 40 years ago. So we'll see how she comes out. I, I did some sanding and priming today with it at, uh, and I'm happy so far. I mean, it's Hasegawa. You can't go wrong. That's it. Yeah. That's all I'm working on. All right, thanks for the update. And as for me, I have been putting the decals down on the uh, the the Claude. Ah, the Claude. And, uh, I like it. I, I like the scheme. It's got the white and blue chevrons on the wings and on the fuselage. Did you paint yeah. all that stuff? That no, looks really sharp. No, I used the decal, and I sat here and I thought about it, and I was like, uh, I could have painted that, but... How'd they go down? They go down okay? Oh, yeah, they went down great. Sweet. I had to use, uh, you know... Two or three rounds of uh, Microsol to get them to go down, but go. Uh, that's all right. But cause I was trying to get them to, conf- you know, to get into the rivets. Yeah, the yeah. Rivets are like real shallow, and the decal yeah. just won't quite get in there. So that's mm. all right. I mean, well, it sure looks good, man. Well, thanks. So yeah, I should have it deckled up here this week, and hopefully have it done. Cool. So it should be ready for our meeting on Thursday. And uh, I still got the the C Ram is still sitting where it was. Haven't painted it yet. So I got to prep all the photo etch on that with some uh, Mr. Surfer, Mr. Hobby uh, metal primer, so the paint will stick to it, won't chip yeah, off. Yeah, this this stuff. I think some yeah. people like. I I think they can they spray it, but they you can brush it on. But I think a lot of folks spray it. I I haven't really worked because I hate PE. <laughs> so I, I have this awesome too. bottle. I don't know what to do with it. Well, I should ask probably Dirks. He probably knows. Yeah, Mr. Photo etch himself. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen guys online. They they heat it up. They anneal it so that it uh, is easier to bend. And yeah, um, and then they spray it with um, primers that have metal. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Mister Servicer metal primer. I haven't I haven't tried that. But then again, I'm like you, Scott. Well, yeah. I I don't mess with PE unless it's structurally nope. part of the model. <laughs> if yeah. the, the only way I can build a model is to put PE in it. Then I'll I'll put the PE in, but otherwise yeah. I'm not messing with it. I thought you were gonna say I'll just build something else. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'd be like, oh look at all this PE crap, like the KI eighty um, four. Man, they had all these little bitty pieces of PE, and I was like, I can't even see the model. How am I gonna put this yeah. PE? So I just skipped it. And I just didn't oh yeah, I you know I'm I've been building seventy second scale for decades, but I don't put PE in. My there we models. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that stuff's for maybe on the outside. I might do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like in a wing fold or, yeah. you know, where it's going to be visible and very obvious and it needs to be small and delicate. Yeah. But holy cow. You oh, they, know, were, it, yeah. they were like like throttle levers and gear handles and stuff like yeah. that in the K84. I'm like, <laughs> it's just funny. I'm not putting yeah. that crap in there. You're not going to see even if I put it in there. So yeah. how much effort does it take to put it in there? And then that's what like we've all talked about this recently. It's like, wait a second. It, first of all, do you even see it? And, you know, I, I I don't even know if you can see that stuff in some of those little bitty cockpits. So I'm going to waste my time on something else, more fun, like painting or something. You know? Yeah, I'd much rather have raised detail in the cockpit that I can just um, use a highlight brush yep. and um, 
pick some stuff out and, and it looks just busy enough that you go, yeah, yep. you know, there's a cockpit in there. Yep. I agree. And uh, the Phantom still sits where it, it sat last time. I haven't touched it. So when I get the clog done, I'm going to get on the Phantom and get that going. Hopefully do have th- it done. I was going to say, do you think you'll have it done for next? Uh, yeah. Cause, I mean, you know, I stopped at the intakes, fairing in the intakes, making sure they were good. So I just got to go back. I just got to check the seams on those. And that's the biggest hurdle. And then it's pretty much ready for paint. And I, oh, I do know because why do you build the Academy kit? And you put the flaps down, right? Um, <laughs> stand by one sec. Talk well, without me. I'll right. go look. <laughs> I forget, man. <laughs> well, when you pose the flaps down, you can see on the inboard part of the wings where the plat, the top and bottom wings just come uh, together. Okay. So I've got to fill those in. And yeah, with some plastic. Yeah, so I got to stick some plastic in there and smooth it. And yeah, that's one so good thing like, about yeah. the like the Tamiya F4. It's just, it's flaps down. It looks great. You know, they have the, the plastics already in those sections and it's easy to paint too. Cause they, yeah. you know, like on the, the F4B I did, not all of them had the red, um, gear door edging, but most of them did. So, you know, again, check your references, but yeah, it's, uh, it was, a, it was kind of a, it was kind of a pain for the old, you know, for painting, but, but it was there. I didn't have to add any plastic or anything. Yeah. So I got to do that next. And once I get that done, then it's on to paint, paint pretty much. So I should cool, be able man. to have it done. I got to register for Nats too. I wrote that down today as I was sitting here at work and I was like, just daydreaming kind of. I was like, oh crap, I still got to register for Nats. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to um, do that. Okay, to follow up, no, my flaps are up. up the, okay. the ailerons are drooped, like powered off kind of thing. You know how they don't know how they do that like on a Phantom? They're, oh yeah, and the ailerons yeah. are the ones that are inboard, right? No, outboard. No, outboard. Well, yeah, well, that's what I meant. Right. Right here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So those ones so, are um yeah, the, I have them uh they're just kind of sitting how however however they tell you to put them on the kit. I didn't modify anything with that kit. I just built it out of the box. Um so yeah, they're just kind of sitting there uh kind of drooped, you know. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll just do that, maybe hide that up a little bit and uh that's it. I can get on the paint with that and Hopefully get that done for Nats. That's my goal. I should be able to have it done. But I am going to Iceland here in like 28 days and then come back from that. And then we roll right into uh, the Nats right after that. So might be close. I might be cutting it close. Did you recon any uh, hobby shops out there on the island? No, not yet. But I was going to sit down and take a look at it and everything to see if there was anything out there. Because well, you figure we got to have something, right? Because what we're doing is we're going around. Yeah, I know. I got, I got a little, I got yeah. a little bag of stickers. Take some stickers with you. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to. And uh, we're going to drive around the entire island. And so we're going to start in Reykjavik. God dang it. Reykjavik? Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Yeah, Reykjavik. <laughs> and then we're going into Reykjavik. So we're going to drive. We're going counterclockwise. There going go. around, going to hit some lagoons and just check it out. So, yeah, we're cool. going to do that and. uh yeah, so like I said, hopefully I can get back to it and uh, have it done, or at least close enough to being done. Hello, Model Geeks. This is Burt Kinsey of Detail and Scale to tell you about our newest publication, F-105 Thunder Chief in Detail and Scale, written by yours truly and illustrated by Rock Rozak and Jim Rotrammel. 
This is not simply an expanded and updated edition of our original Detail and Scale series book on the THUD. Instead, it is an all-new publication. It really took a lot of research and effort, but I'm very pleased with how it turned out, and I know you will be too. In fact, I think it's among the very best titles Detail and Scale has ever produced. Overall, there are almost 300 color photographs and illustration, more than 90% of which are in color. Following the introduction, the Thunder Chief History Chapter reviews the development and operational use of the F-105, including its extensive role in the war in Southeast Asia. Next is a chapter that covers each of the Thunder Chief variants in more detail, beginning with the first YF-105As and going through the F-105F and F-105G Wild Weasels. Extended coverage is provided on the Wild Weasels to include an informative text that clears up some of the misconceptions about these important variants, and both general and detailed photographs illustrate all of the changes made to the aircraft as various systems were added and updated. Next comes a chapter on the armament carried by the Thunder Chief, and this includes more than 30 detailed photographs and illustrations. The focus of all Detail and Scale series books is that of the physical details of the aircraft, and the Thunder Chief detail chapter contains more than 145 detailed photographs and illustrations, more than 90% of which are in color. There are 26 cockpit photos alone covering all production variants and more than 90% of the photos in the Thunder Chief Details chapter were taken of operational aircraft. The modeler section covers all of the Thunder Chief kits from 1144 scale through 132nd scale, and it points out the pros and cons of each. The backdating that needs to be made to the kits in order to build early F-105s in the natural metal and silver lacquer schemes are also covered in detail. Like all of our Detail and Scale publications, F-105 Thunder Chief in Detail and Scale is available in both printed and digital editions, with both the Kindle and Apple formats being available for the digital editions. To learn more and to order yours, visit our website at www.detailandscale.com. Happy modeling from Detail and Scale. Now back to the Model Geeks podcast. All right, so geek news. What kind of new kids on the streets have you guys heard of anything? You guys heard anything? I I did. I heard one that definitely mm-hmm. uh, made me go, oh, man, that would be cool. Um, it is from Dora Wings, and it is a 132nd scale Dewatine uh, D520. Ooh. All new tool, brand new molds, and Dora Wings does some pretty nice stuff. So I don't know when it's coming out, but I definitely saw the – Sort of the 3D, the CAD drawings, they look pretty cool. So I'd be anxious. That's the only that's the only one that I kinda that I kinda saw. So I thought that was I, I can't wait for that one. That'll be cool. It'll be nice. Why that? What about that aircraft that gets it's you just juices flowing? It's weird looking. You know, yeah. cool cool camo too. Cool cool paint schemes. Especially if it's nice and you know, they do uh, nice, you know, surface detail, nice rivets and, you know, panel lines and all that good stuff. I, I think it would look really, I just think it would look neat. Have they um, done a 30-second scale kit yet, Dora Wings? I know the 72 and 48 scale stuff is great oh, looking. I no, I think that's their think first uh, 48 scale. Or 30-second scale, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not hmm. not sure. I I don't think they have Yeah, That'd be cool, though. That's all I saw. Yeah. I saw a... Uh, a and A models looks like they're going to release a a, a Sky Raider eighty five W, 
So the, uh, the guppy one, if you will, um, with the side-by-side seating, you, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of talk online that it's, uh, it's based on the scale wings kit, uh, which, um, had some issues. Uh, it's canopy was off. Uh, there was not very much detail in the cockpit and the, uh, radome was, um, the wrong shape, uh, for guys that care. <clears throat> so the, but according to ANA, they've, uh, They've redone the canopy. Uh, they've added a bunch of cockpit detail. They've got a new engine and prop for it so that the, the prop actually can turn. And um, uh, But the, they don't at any place address the radome. So my assumption is the radome is still going to be misshapen. But at the end of the day, it's got to be better than the, uh, you know, than getting the old uh, vacuum form conversion uh, and, uh, that you had to use with the monogram kit in 72nd scale, which I did a long time ago. And yeah, it looks kind of like an 85W, but the, the fuselage is a, is a bit small for the wings. The wings are the right shape, but the fuselage is a little smaller than 72nd scale. So it kind of looks off when you look at it, you know, it just, it, it looks kind of too skinny and not quite long enough, but uh, hopefully this will look better. I'll get one. I, I'm, so I'm kind of, I think it's kind of cool. 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 Why? You seeing anything? Uh, no, you know what, man? I, I didn't do my homework this week. I, I really don't have nothing uh, that, uh, that I, I, I just saw briefly earlier, Flyhawk, uh, one of the guys posted in the model shack about um, Flyhawk models. They do a nice 72nd scale SPD and they yeah. just did a re-release of where it's, um, I think they have some added, uh, some definitely some new decals, and I think some added parts to it as well. Uh, yeah, I think so. they went with the, they did an 83, or SPD-3, uh, and I think the next one is a, is either an SPD-4, or it's a slightly different variant, which only requires some minor part change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, otherwise, I, uh, man, I'll tell you what, I really haven't seen anything that's jumped out at me. That I no, can it was like expound couple, on like two or three weeks ago, maybe some, whatever, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff kind of announced, but you know, Sh- yeah, she's a woke. Yeah, it was because of she's woke. They, they just, it was a whole bunch of announcements as yeah. a result of that. And then there was something that went on in uh, Eastern Europe. Um, I forget what it's called, but that one generated uh, a bunch more announcements, but yeah, it's, kind of it's, it's real quiet now. It, it, actually, there's plenty of announcements as to something that was going to be released actually did get released. You know, that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. there's plenty of updates, but in terms of new, yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot of new out there. Well, I saw one thing that kind of caught my eye was uh, Ravel's coming out with a 124 scale in one starfighter from the Mandalorian, the one that uh, Mando flies around in. Oh, though. yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and that looks really cool. Is that season three? Yes. Okay, because no. yeah, I'm yeah, on yeah, season yeah. two. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, I see I see kits like that all the time. I For years, I'm like, what the hell's a Razor Crest? And uh, as I'm watching through the different Star Wars uh, um, episodes and uh, shows, I'm like, I still don't see a Razor Crest. And then, of course, I, I started watching uh, Mando uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, ah, there it is. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious because I, I'm like, I, I saw that, uh, the uh, whatever the Starfighter was, and it, it's, it looks like it's something from the, one of the other movies, very well, similar. 
it's a modified Naboo starfighter from the Phantom Menace. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I go, that must be, yeah, I'm, I think I got two more episodes left in season two. So I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but, uh, yeah, I, by the end of the week, I probably will be. Now, how's it modified? Did the junkyard lady soup it yeah, up some? Yeah, she put or? a, <laughs> like a thing for the R2-D2 or no, not R2-D2, but Grogu in the back. So Grogu's got like his own bubble. Oh right. Okay, oh, yeah. so he gets to That's sit right. in the back now as a and uh, yeah. and help as opposed to just watch and and yeah. piss off and, the pilot. <laughs> and he's like, uh, and it's like it's like souped up and everything goes real fast and light speed and yeah. everything. So you know what I like to well, do with that show is um, back. yeah. I've said this before too. You, whenever I I like pausing that stuff and you look in the background, you see stuff that looks real familiar. Especially that that lady's junkyard. You see all sorts of like oh, helicopter yeah. engines in the back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, burner cans, um, you know, those supply cases that we're all used to seeing from parts that come and go. All on you got to do is go to any AIMD <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> and you, and and you got everything you need for. Oh, okay. This is what I need to do to set that, up a uh, a repair shop for flying uh, vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure that you know they, all this stuff's done out in California, right? And uh, well, yeah. So Mojave is just full with that kind of stuff, you know, whether you're, you know, they have like all those airline graveyards that are out there. So there's just tons of crap you can just go pick at and go, okay, that'll look cool in the background. Let's get some of those. I saw too, uh, Edward is continuing their uh, 109 family and has a uh, K4 coming out, I believe is due in like, I think November. Oh shit. Yeah. Really? That soon? I did hear that. 48 scale. Oh, at 48 scale. I know Whitey's like, oh great. Another 109. But the K is. Yeah, man. That's, that's like my favorite, man. The (laughs) K is. The gear doors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Justin was talking about that the other day and I was like, so what's the big deal? He's like, it's a K man. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did we mention the, um, I forgot who it's like, what I forgot. I don't can't remember the manufacturer, but the 48 scale, F4U1. Yeah, we talked yeah, about that. We talked about that episode. Episodes, yeah, yeah. Couple and then uh, Magic Factory, I think it was. Yes, that's it. Magic yeah. Factory. And then Reskit. Every you know, you guys saw the uh, the resin F35A pilot in the seat with the two, oh, with the, the two different yeah. left arms that you that you can get. The whole keeping up foreign relations arm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, one thing that caught my eye is uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but Jet Mads. They do. They did the thirty-second scale Vigan that like went crazy, and then they did. I bought their thirty-second scale D five eighty-eight when it came out, and they're out of Turkey, and they do about five hundred of each of each kit. Oh, right. And they have announced that they are they are in work on a forty-eight scale P two V Neptune. Oh wow! Well, I believe yes. they're taking pre-orders on it right now too. They are, and I believe someone posted the price on that sucker already. A and lot. uh yeah four? it's not four, four digits four four fifty it ain't oh, okay. oh wow it ain't cheap so but the way they do their kits is amazing like some of the parts are resin and some parts are 3d printed resin and you guys can look at that d588 and that thing it's it's an awesome kit i can't i can't wait to build it huh. and the thing that got me was so the, they when i when i got it it was like in a cardboard box and everything, whatever. But this thing, you open it up, and first of all, you got to take the box top off, and it's like vacuum sealed down, so it's a pain in the ass to get off. And then there's like a cardboard 
cover that's got different pictures of like the real five D five eighty eight in the orange and white scheme. Then you pull that up, and then they had all signed it on the other side. Oh, that's so they cool. all signed it. And you open it up, and it's just a block of foam. And you're like, the hell is this? And you look, and like all the 3D printed stuff, the way they did their runners, they're numbered and they're color-coded, and they're upside down packed in that foam. And they're packed so well that they could have sent that sucker from Turkey just like that, and you have not had a broken part. Huh, that's cool. I mean, that sucker is encased in foam, and it's not going anywhere. That's where some of your money's going. Yes. Well, kudos to them because, yeah, that stuff is... And so it's all that kid's on my short list. I want to get it done. So, but yeah, so I'm looking kind of looking forward to it, but that $450 price tag is a bit steep. So, but they sell out quick, man. They were going to do the, um, a, a Learjet next after the D588, but people were saying, no, do the Vigan, do the Vigan. And so they said, okay. And so they changed up and did the Vigan and the Vigan sold out on pre-order. Boom. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so you can always guys, resell it. That is true. Yep. Pull a Samo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 All right, Tim. What All about right. our seventy-second scale rundown? Well, I I pretty much gave it. You know, there's a bunch of other stuff that is just kind of updates on everything else that's out there. Um, nothing really jumps out at me other than that eighty-five uh, W. That. Uh, um, I, I, I'm hoping that, um, that's something that is really going to be worth the, uh, you know, the juice worth the squeeze. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. I'm going, running down my list real quick. Uh, I mean, there's a cup. there's one interesting one that, um, um, that may work and, uh, it, it, I'm going to, um, it's uh, 3d printed models out of a company called SS model, which I think is out of China. I'm not sure if it's, uh, you know, Taiwan or, or mainland, but, um, it's, um, they're, they announced that they were going to, I guess it was a couple months ago they announced and they actually started showing some, uh, um, some actual examples of what they've 3d printed and they look pretty impressive. Um, and eventually, you know, for us aircraft guys, what they're looking to do is print, um, mainly naval aircraft that are, you know, like float planes and that kind of stuff. Uh, on their list is a Kingfisher, Seagull, uh, an AR-196. And uh, they said they were going to print them 172nd scale and smaller, all the way down to 1700, um, which is impressive if they can pull it off. Uh, frankly, their the armor that they said they were going to do, they did a 135 and a 148, showed them side by side. And other than the 148 one was smaller, they looked identical. Um, so if they, if that's the kind of quality work they can do, um, ha- my hat's off to them. And, and frankly, I'd be looking forward to some of their, uh, aircraft kits, but, uh, time will tell they got to get there first and actually release something. But that's it. That's really all I got. All right. Uh, yeah. So real quick, um, I did have one, uh, uh um, something new that come across the, uh, the, uh, model geeks, um, model shack page, the Facebook page. Uh, shout out to Pranay Kumar out of Mumbai, India. Uh, one of our long distance listeners for sure. Um, he, he posted up there that a uh, great wall hobby is coming out with a, uh, Sukhoi 30 MKI, which is the Indian air force version. And he talks about, uh, you know, he references back to our episode, uh, the best kits that never were. 
And he says, well, for almost 20 years, this was that kit for him. And uh, so he's he's pretty happy about this thing coming along. He said, you know, you could do it before, but you had to use aftermarket and it simply was too much work. Um, so he, he's happy about that one coming along again, 148 scale Sukhoi 30 MKI. And it does come with a, um, I, I, this is an Indian, um, armament, uh, for their version. They call it, carry a, a Brahmos cruise missile. So it comes with that as well, which is pretty, uh, cool. pretty cool. Big yeah. giant yeah, cruise man. missile that they sling underneath it. Um, yeah, so that, and, uh, again, Pranay, thanks for listening in brother. I got some stickers coming your way for sure. Oh, very nice. Very nice. All right. So what'd you guys pick up? Cause I know Scott and I went to, um, firehouse hobbies sidewalk sale last we, weekend. We did. We were the only weekend. ones that were able to make it. Yep. Nobody else could make it. I'm jealous from, from our group. Yeah, man. It was, um, that the thing I love about those, the you know bill and his firehouse hobbies sidewalk sale it is a true like liquidation like you get you get stuff at great prices there's no you don't have to worry about you know not getting a good deal because you i mean everything that i bought i think i spent like 160 dollars and um i mean i got three <laughs> hasegawa 30 second scale 109 i got a g10 an f2 and an f4 which I've seen those F2 and F4s go on eBay for a couple hundred, two, three. There's one that I, one I have in particular. A guy's got like, he wants like four ninety five for it because it's OOP, HTF, you know, you are. I mean, it's just hard to find. Anyway, 30 bucks each. So I got yeah, three, three 109s for 30 bucks each. A ton of aftermarket stuff. I mean, like resin seats for like a dollar. You know, now the only thing I was bummed about is evidently he had a whole stash of Gunsy Aqueous and to me a paint that some dude yeah. came in and bogarted all the paint. Sniped us. He did. Um, other than that, man, it was it was unreal. Um, the the deals and I, I could have spent a lot more, but I was like, oh, I'm trying to be good, you know, saving up my <laughs> the the dough for for Nats if I get to go. I might not even get to go this time. We'll see, but um. That's late breaking news, but um, I get I do have one other thing that I picked up. I'll give a shout out to our old buddy Chris Dirks. So Chris was like, "Hey, do you, he's sent up a couple of pictures of some A4Es that he had, and he was like, hey, would you be willing to trade for an A4M?'" And I was like, "Of course, sure. You know, I'll put it in the mail." So he he dropped the A4 that he had in the mail. It was just a it was a midway boxing, just a standard A4E, except aha. This is the one that comes with the the toilet that they slung underneath one of the <laughs> pylons. So anyway, you know, he, and then he emailed me back and he's like, "Dude, I already I I found an A4M in my stash, so I don't need yours." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll either I can send you back your E if you want it, or I'll pay you for it." And he wouldn't take my money, and he wouldn't take anything for it. So, um, of course, you know, hopefully, I can find something in my stash that that'll fit him. Uh, but that was, I just want to say thanks to Chris for, um, you know, always supporting us and, and doing stuff like that. Just saying here, you know, he wouldn't, like I said, he wouldn't take any money from me. And, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. He just was like, just keep it, you know, it's going to a good home kind of thing. So anyway, hopefully I can find something in my stash to give him, but yeah, just again, it's going to hit you up for one of those, uh, 
Tammy yeah. Thunderbirds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, negative. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Come, Come on, on man. man. You owe them. The apocalypse is going to yeah. happen, and Scott's going to be grabbing those damn kits and loading, oh. them, loading them into his Forerunner or whatever, they are, they whatever are. your four-wheel drive vehicle yeah. is, and, and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, honey. These have got to come with us. Yes. There's that a topic. True. That is true. What five kits do you rescue from your stash in the apocalypse? <laughs> oh, Go. Oh, man. That's good. <laughs> that's brilliant. Next show for sure. Oh yeah, there you got you the go. next show, Whitey. So that's I think that's perfect. Ah, D Rand's has got the next one if he's in. Yeah, town. He does. Yeah. yeah. The boss man will be back. Um, as S for me, I picked up the Hasegawa forty-eight scale Ki eighty-four. I really like their thirty-second scale one that I built a couple years ago, and uh, so he had the forty-eight uh, scale one for a really good price. So I feel like I was robbing the the poor bastard, you know. Because prices were so like, dude, I wanted to tell him. I'm like, do you know what these yeah. freaking Hasegawa 32nd scale 109s go for? But yeah, I just... didn't. <laughs> and another kit that kind of caught my eye was the Edward boxing of the Vezda LA5N, the Russian World War II uh, radial fighter. Oh, that's a cool one, man. It is. And uh, now I, was, I, I hit up our buddy Justin. And I was like, hey, dude, is there something like? Aren't there like weren't weren't those like made of wood or something? And I think he said like the outer wing panels, outer wings are made of wood. Yeah, partially. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if the fuselage is made of wood though, because there's no like panel lines on it. And I was just like, and normally when you when when they do that, it's because it's made of wood, like a mosquito, you know. So I remember I for like, we were talking about we saw the same. It's weird, you know. We've talked about how stuff that influences you. We were talking about the same model that we saw like ten years ago. It like Marauder Con, I think Wachowski built it. That LA seven yeah, is yep, really yep. a cool paint scheme. I think that was his. And I, I, I've I always wanted, was. I've always wanted to build one of those just because I saw that one at a show. You know, so you never know. It's just, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Build five, it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to. It's got you know, it's five different marking options. So there's a couple cool schemes in there. Yeah, there were quite a few um, nice schemes on an LA five. My answer's quick. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't anything I want. Now, I am waiting yeah. on some. Uh, I did order up some decals from uh, Caracal once again. I picked up the, uh, I sent in cool. an order anyway for the, uh, he's got some new B-52 uh, stickers out. Uh, so I went ahead and sent off for those. And uh, I, I might have even mentioned that on the last show. Um, but anyway, that's, that, I'm, I'm awaiting that. Uh, in the mail and, and that's about it really i haven't bought anything uh i need to treat myself yeah you should man <laughs> yeah Give i've been your- toying with i've been torn with treating myself and buying something but no i haven't bought anything either i'm saving my cash for uh, nationals at this point good call yeah well tim since you brought up nationals i'll go ahead and move on to shows and contests and we'll go ahead and we'll start with the nats because you mentioned them and that is quickly coming up here August 2nd through the 5th in San Marcos, Texas. So if you haven't already, I recommend that you pre-order. Or not pre-order, but pre-register and save yourself some time standing in line when you get there. And that way you can go hit up the vendor room quicker. All right, another show coming up pretty close is um, up in 16 September up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Put on by Central PA IPMS, and that is uh, PenCon, which I believe we... We make that show every year, don't oh, we? That's a great show, yeah. We, we absolutely do. Yeah. yeah, we do. 
And, we got a uh, display table going up there. We're taking our, uh, we're taking all our Japanese aircraft. All right. Clubs and SIGs, baby. Clubs and there SIGs. Clubs and SIGs. Clubs and SIGs. And uh, we got a, a, a text through Facebook the other day, and uh, IPMS Vancouver is having a show as well on uh, October 7th. And uh, they say check out their Facebook page for more details and stuff on their show. So they've got one coming up as well. And seeing how it's on October 7th, I believe El Presidente, there's something else happening in our area on October 7th. What? What's, what's happening? There, Something's happening there here? Man, I was planning on going to Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't go to Vancouver because PaxCon. 2023 right. is going to be on 7 October. Da, 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 da. Oh, da, yeah. Da, da. Hollywood, Maryland. The better Hollywood. Wow. Hollywood, Maryland. Yeah. Volunteer Fire Department. Right down Route 235. You can't miss it. Yeah, and so that. for an update, um, got still got plenty of awards uh uh, packages available. So if you want to help us uh, pay for the show, um, please go online, buy those uh, award packages. You can also just sponsor the show if you don't really want to buy an award package. Uh, the special awards, if you uh, if you want your name called, um, you can purchase one of those and uh, we will certainly call out your name and, and or organization if you sponsor one of the special awards. And, uh, of course, if you've got models or other things modeling-related uh, that you want to sell at PaxCon, I still have a few tables left. Um, they're uh, eight-foot tables, folks, nice big ones. And um, come on down, and you can be right there, and you can sell some stuff. And uh, we got a lot of really good raffle prizes this year. Um, yeah, it's our inaugural, and, and if we do well enough, we'll repeat it. And a couple of years later, we'll uh, do it again with some really nice models in the, uh, not only onto the display tables, but also in the raffle. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, um, we just, I just ordered the awards. So we just paid for the awards, which is pretty cool. So they should be in in a couple of weeks. We'll have to, when the awards come in, we'll have to put some pictures up on the, the website and put them up on the, the model. The, the awards are awesome, man. They, they are they're, yeah, they're, they're really sharp. They're even cooler than than I had hoped that they would be. So I'm I'm really yeah. excited about them. That was a team effort to get that design, and yeah, it's they are they are cool, man. That's yeah. The, yeah, the design awesome. was cool, but the actual awards are cooler. Oh yeah, man. Yes, they are. Yeah. So well, I, th- I think that's it. Unless one of you guys have got something you want to remind me that I've. I mean, hey, I'm an old guy. I could have I, gotten I, some. I would just say as uh, just reaching out to all the folks that will need judges. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we've got our our lead judges for each category established. Uh, But of course, we'll always need folks um, from the different chapters and folks that if you haven't judged before, no, no problem. You can get some OJT and and we'll put you with the group and learn how to judge, Um, you know. But, yeah, I'm just sort of the sending out the plea and and asking for folks to please help uh, with judging. So. That's all I got. All right. I'll close with um, the uh, registration forms, entry forms, et cetera. All of that will be on the website by the time this drops. So when you go and look, it should be there as well as the latest flyer. Well, before we move on to the other raffle guys got to plug his stuff too. plug it. 
Plug and, it, man. Uh, Plug it. And we uh, acquired the Ravel 72 scale Razor Quest. Razor Crest for the raffle as well. So sh- raffle shaping up to be pretty good. Now that Tim knows what that is. Now that I know what yeah, that is, I can is. get excited about it. I can yeah. but I can't buy a ticket. I guess I'm just going to have to buy one for myself. I want one of those Naboo modified fighters. I think oh. even though I don't know what it, it looks like yet, I'm going to be excited about it. Well, Ravel's got a 124 scale one coming out to suit your needs. Yeah. Uh, I would prefer 72nd. That way it'll look it'll look cool sitting next to that razor crest. I can put them flying in formation. And these in in the show notes, folks, there is a uh, link to the PaxCon page. Um, if you can't find it just by googling PaxCon, you can all, all, always just go to the link there as well. Yeah, PaxCon2023.org. All right, our hobby shop shout out from this episode comes from a email from Warren Dickinson. And he says that uh, Clarksville Hobby Depot in Clarksville, Tennessee, is a great place. So if you're ever in Clarksville, Tennessee, be sure to check out the Clarksville Hobby Depot. Hey, modelers. Furball Jeff here. Are you tired of boring, underperforming, or inaccurate decals that just plain suck? Not to worry. Furball Aero Design has you covered. We have an extensive lineup of ultra-high-quality aircraft decals covering U.S. military aircraft subjects from World War II to the present day. Our extensively researched decal sets are printed to the hobby industry's highest quality standard by Cartograph of Italy. Only Cartograph can capture minute details with stunning fidelity. The colors on our sets are printed to match U.S. federal standard colors for maximum accuracy. Every furball set has numerous options and include lavishly illustrated detailed placement guides. Our decals have minimal carrier film and will give the markings on your model that painted-on look. So if you're ready to take your build to the next level, check out our website at furballarrow-design.com. That's furballarrow-design.com. And now, back to the geeks. All right, so our tool and tip of the episode, I think... Tim brought up a good point and I have some laying around. That's what kind of reminded me. I have an old box around here that has like some of my old Legos from when I was a kid. And uh, like when Whitey was talking about earlier when he's, you know, putting the wing on his Mavis and mm-hmm. the jig that you, you know, that we, that you come up with on your bench to get, you know, to keep things level Legos. Yes. Are a good way to make uh, uh Lego. My ego. Right. Yeah, yeah. They make great jigs for, aligning things and keeping things straight and so yeah, they're awesome them, for older older aircraft where uh, you're trying to get especially biplanes where you're trying to get wings and struts and all that other crap to line up it's great you know i i probably use my i don't have a whole lot left anymore legos but i got enough to build a pretty much any jig i would need and uh, yeah i build one probably once a year i use it you know on an older kit that has to be jigged up. Otherwise it'll, you know, you're, you're in there hoping that it's going to line up when you, when you put the epoxy in. I think I had them because back in the day when I used to mess around with making my own resin molds, I would Mm -hmm. make my boxes out of Lego because you could break them down easy instead of having to worry about, you know, wasting your sheet plastic to make the box. Yep. And they're easy to resize. Yes, that is true. So if you've got a bunch of, you know, if you got kids at home, Go ahead and steal a handful or two of their their Legos when they're not looking and uh, repurpose them 
for the hobby. Yep. And and if you don't, then just go to your big box store and buy a, one of those uh, $20 boxes of Lego. And that's usually plenty, but just your basics. You yep. don't need anything fancy. Or you go to the thrift store. That's where I got mine. I think I paid a buck for a big old bag of them. All right. Moving on to mail call. Mail call. I want to thank everybody for sending in emails. And uh, there's a couple that stood out. And uh, one of them from Ted Pendergrass. And he says, hey, guys, just wanted to say thank you for being a drama-free zone. He says, nothing is a bigger buzzkill to a hobby than the injection of drama into something that is supposed to be a distraction from the stresses of our everyday lives. And I kind of chose to pick that email because it kind of hits home here recently with stuff that's been in the last like month or so that's going on, you know, like in- inducing drama into a drama-free hobby. You know, it kind of and it kind of plays into our show topic for this episode as well. Yeah, it so. takes the hobby out of hobby if you start injecting drama. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. it takes the it takes the fun out of it because I mean, I don't want to go in you know into too much because I'll save it for the main topic. But I mean, isn't that why we do this hobby? Is to get away from all that and kind of you know decompress? No, it's to so. crush the competition when you go to the model show. <laughs> That's why we do it. Yeah. Come on, Phil. Get your act together. You must <laughs> crush, crush the little heads like they're little girls. <laughs> like cantaloupes. Yes. <laughs> you must crush the competition. Yeah, of course, man. It's all about fun. Meeting yeah, people yeah. and all that. I, I think that's like try to take the high road and be be above board. Don't. It's because it's super easy to jump on the drama bandwagon, you know? So I think it's okay to address certain things, but it's it's how you address it and how you talk about it, and you know, just don't 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 take the bait, don't bite in, you know. And like yeah. like Whitey has always said before, like it, it's it's really easy to come at people and tell them about all their problems, and but you should always try to have some type of a solution or have something that you've talked about, like hey, you know, because we're all a bunch of human beings, man. Nobody's perfect, but it's all in how we deal with it. So. And keeping yeah. the hobby fun is, I mean, that's why, that's why I do it, you know? So. Absolutely. So our next email, talking about far reaches of the, uh, the podcast, our next email comes from Jocko, and I'm, I'm a butcher last name, and I am very sorry. So, Takasira. And he says, call him Jocko. So, Jocko. Thanks for the email. And he says that, uh, first of all, thanks for a great podcast. And uh, it's turned his modeling mojo up several notches. And says that he is going to be coming to the to the United States in October to visit aviation museums on the East Coast and in Florida. And he's like, I was just listening to your show, and I realized that PaxCon is in October. And so he's, like, going to make a trip out of it. He's going to hit up the Smithsonian at the National Mall. And the one at the Udavar Hazy Center, and he's going to head on down and hit up PaxCon, and be here when uh, when PaxCon kicks off. So we're going to have our so far our first international person coming to PaxCon. Cool, man. Phil, I, I want you to announce when Jocko is there 
And uh, you're going to have to say his last name. Nope, not saying it, man. I'm terrible at it. And you'll you'll have to you'll have to announce him as the uh, the you know the one modeler who's traveled the farthest. (laughs) I'll just say Jocko. And uh, and he's like he has been wanting, he says he's one he's been wanting to check out the modeling scene in the United States for a while. He's like he's been to most of the big shows in Europe, Telford, and uh, Edwards E Day, which that'd be kind of a cool show to go to. Well, I hope that our first inaugural show doesn't we don't <laughs> screw it up too bad. So I maybe it comes back. Yeah, put a, put an asterisk with hey dude, it's our first show, so like don't crush us if we suck. You know, lots of learning to do, but. <laughs> You know, yeah. Hopefully, it'll be good. It'll be good. He now, if he's making his way all the way over here, we know we're not about participation awards, but maybe we can, like, as the hey, you're the furthest traveler. You know, if he doesn't bring a model, maybe we can give him a maybe. I'm sure we can give him a coin, you know, or an award. Maybe that's an idea. You know, and it just so happens tomorrow night the uh, um, we're going to be talking about. You know, the we being the the PaxCon guys are going to be talking about detail planning. There's no reason why we can't confirm that. That uh, hey, if we if we've got something like the farthest guy, or I don't know, that we make we could probably come up with more than one category. But sure. um, we just, just say yeah, that, yeah, they yeah. give them a point and you know shake their hand, you know, photo op, yada yada yada. Yeah, and um, um, have some more fun. You know, make give people a reason to. At the end of the day, give people a reason to want to come and have yep. fun at our show. I mean, I agree. That's what it's about. I agree. Because uh, yep. even you know, I think it's yeah, I think that's really important. You know, it's it's the opposite of you must crush the competition. You know, that's <laughs> antithesis of that. Yeah, if you're if you're coming to PaxCon to crush the competition, uh, you're coming for the wrong reason, buddy. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never be able to do the voices like Scott does. That's okay. You try. I can try too. I'm not all. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the Arnold. It's the get to the chopper. <laughs> I don't. Maybe it's a tumor. No, no, it's not a tumor at all. Okay, we're going to play a game. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, that show is what, like. What's the show again? Kindergarten yeah, cop. Yeah, I know, I know, but what's, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I got the show, I got the, but I'm like, so what's this podcast about again? (laughs) Having a good time, man. That's true. There you go. Actually, totally off the subject, we're, we're, we started watching this new show called Fubar, and it's Arnold, like, in, and it's, you know, he's a special agent or whatever. Oh, it, right. It's really funny. We actually, Alice and I are really, it's pretty good. It's kind of cheesy, but it's, it's funny. It's good, you know, cause he's, he's old now, but he's like super Mr. Like special forces, special agent guy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got some pretty good one liners. I mean, we're not talking kindergarten cop level. I mean, that's like a whole nother level for right, one liners, right. you know, but no, it's, it's a pretty good show. Anyway, sorry. I digress. Rabbit hole. I'm, yeah. I'll, be, well, I'll pl- shut up. Plug for a show there, by by the way. <laughs> well, he um, finishes guy's email with saying, "You know, keep up the good work." He loves hearing the banter, and it always mo- it always motivates him to get back to his bench. So, thanks, Jay. Thanks for the email. All right, thanks everybody for sending us email and dropping us a line on Facebook. If you have a question, a show idea, or just want to say you're tuning in. Feel free to hit us up at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com or you can reach us on our Facebook page. 
Hey modelers, have you ever struggled with how to display a contest winning model or a project you completed after many years of work? How about protecting a model built for a veteran or family member? Well, Basis by Bill has a solution. Their museum quality display cases are the perfect way to protect and enhance that special model. Built by modelers for modelers, Basis by Bill display cases are available for any type of model and for any size. Check out their website at basisbybill.com to see their new range of Astro cases, available in 18 different sizes, or to get your own custom-built display case quote. Use the code GEEKS at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your order. That code again is GEEKS for 10% off. Bases by Bill, for all your display model case needs. All right, so moving on to the main topic, you know, we had to kind of call an audible last minute with um, Darren being out of town. And, uh, and I was like, oh, man, what am I going to come up with? You know, we needed someone. So I was like, I'll pony up and uh, come up with a topic. And so when I was brainstorming ideas what to come up with, you know, as I sat here for 45 flipping minutes looking for a tiny piece of photo wedge that had fallen on my floor, <laughs> it hit me. I was like, this is only a hobby. This is only a hobby. And I thought, hey. There's a show topic right there because, you know, like why going back to why we got into this hobby to begin with when back when we started, right? It was to have fun, kind of decompress, disconnect from everything for a while and just sit at your bench and work on a historic miniature or model that you're working on. And, uh, and I, I kind of found myself like I do. I find myself doing it all the time. Like I'll drop something and I'll spend 30, 40 minutes looking for it. And I come to find out I'll spend most of my time looking around for things. And I'm like, man, this is not what it's supposed to be. So what about you guys? You know, thinking about like, what do you guys do to, you know, keep it a hobby for yourselves instead of getting into this, you know, this big drawn out um, evolution that just sucks the life out of you. Whitey. What, I'll, what uh, def- yeah, I'll say, you know, for sure, we've all been d- down on our hands and knees looking for that small part, right, That's that's gone off into the ether. Um, and, and, yeah, a lot of time uh, I've stopped and, and gone, you know what, you know, not just the looking for the, for the part uh, phase of things, but just taking other stuff way too seriously, man. Like, you know, I'm sweating the fact that I don't have a proper color, like, you know, that doesn't meet the exact spec. Um, you know, and sometimes I got to go, really, man, who's going to notice sort of thing? Um, Nobody. But the, <laughs> right? but there is that, per- but, but the, the yeah, part of our, is still out there. The part of our personalities though, that, that come to the surface there. They, I mean, most right, of us yeah. are kind of type A-ish uh, out of this group. <laughs> and, um, you know, so yeah, we, we we do want that perfection. Tim says no. What are you a type Charlie or what? What do you what do you think? <laughs> yeah, type Delta. Um, uh, no, no, I I yeah. Uh, you guys know me. I'm you know if they're if you want to put labels on there, I, and I'm I'm not a guy that likes labels, but uh, yeah, I, I guilty as charged. I'm probably you know one of the um one of those guys that would be labeled as a as a type A, very competitive. Uh, at least I always was. Um, I try to not be competitive in my modeling. So you can Otherwise, separate this. The, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so that, that, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. That's and you do, good. you know, and most of us, we do have other pursuits that we, besides this, I mean, 
you know, people, you know, know us for for this because of here we are sitting here in front of microphones. Uh, But yeah, we all do other, uh, I, you know, other things on the side, Um, you know, hobbies away from work type things. I don't just mean our jobs. God, God knows if it's your job that's, uh, you know, dictating your life. And then I, I feel kind of bad for you. I mean, yeah, we all have to have a job and all that kind of stuff, but you know, anyway, that that's, those are topics for another day. Um, but to stick to what we're talking about here, as far as the hobby goes, yeah, I certainly find myself, um, taking it way too seriously sometimes. And, uh, you know, when stress is being induced, into the hobby that's probably not the best thing but i mean you know there are good or bad stresses too we've all heard that um discussion before uh particularly with our former occupations as flyers and stuff like that you talk that you know stress is good for you sometimes it gets keeps you focused uh and mistakes don't get made in 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 that realm um you, you know but when it comes to sitting here at the bench yeah, when I walk in here in the morning with a cup of coffee on a nice, you know, Sunday or something like that, I'm not looking to be sitting here and, and being stressed about anything. You know, I, I'm down here to chill and relax and 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 uh, and and make something um, historical, uh, historical miniature, as you say, uh, come to life. You know that that that's my that's my my goal, I guess. You know, in a broad sense. No sweating right. over yeah. seventy second scale photo etch power levers. Oh man, <laughs> you you'll never see me stress over those. I mean, I yeah, I well, like uh, rudder pedals, right? Like photo wedge rudder pedals, like, rudder pedals, yeah, that are underneath the ca- the uh, the instrument panel up forward, and it, you can't. There's not a mirror small enough, inspection mirror small enough to get in there to be able to see those with a light. I mean, maybe a dentist has got one. I don't know. I but I'm never sticking one of those in a model. You know, I, yeah. I, I know for me, I think that um, I, I think I had more fun when I was younger. So when I would get a kit for Christmas and then like a week later it was built and painted and sitting on my my shelf, man, I thought it was just like I just couldn't believe how cool it was. And then, you know, I'd, I'd get another kit and um, I'd. I'd you know, I'd have these, oh man, I, and then I, when I learned about an airbrush and how to mix paint and then I started progressing and it's almost like as I, as I started progressing through the hobby to where I am today, it is a, um, I'm definitely, I don't enjoy it as much now as I did when I was a teenager because like then I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know about seams. I didn't know about how to thin paint. I didn't, I mean, I used the testers brushes in little square bottles. And I thought it was the freaking coolest thing ever, even though the gear were wonky and the canopies were crooked and there was glue every, it just didn't matter. But I'm, I'm now at a level, we all are at a level where, you know, it, it's, you know, it's almost like we've progressed to the point where I, I'm trying to just build a model and not worry about, I don't want to say stress cause I don't stress, but, worry about or like think well maybe it is stress i don't know all i know is that i i worry about stuff more and put more time and effort and and i like care if i make a mistake more now than i did when i was a kid and i would love to be able to get back to it being more fun for me because that's one of the reasons i think lately why i've struggled with 
breaking through and having fun building is because for some weird reason, I'm, I'm not really having fun building. So you know, does that, does that make sense? I don't know how it's hard to put into words. No. Um, yeah. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Cause you, if you think about it too, right. Another huge detractor or something you pile onto this hobby is social media. Just like, you know, some social media is good. Some social media is good. But how, like, if, you know, don't, God forbid, don't go on Facebook and see all the, you know, the drama that's <laughs> created on Facebook over things like, yeah, oh, that's, that panel line is not there. Or yeah, the, how those people will come out and they just start nitpicking things. when And those people, I don't pay any attention. I don't pay, I don't need somebody to, and this is going to sound super pretentious and shitty. And I don't mean it that way. But I don't I don't need somebody to tell me what's right or wrong or what more importantly what's wrong with my mom. I don't care. I don't care. Like at that nationals when you know I won my first nationals, I got a second place with my F sixteen and I think I got a third with my prowler when we all met. And I had somebody that will, will remain nameless. Uh, and I was super excited, man. I was like, holy crap, I just won an award at Nats. My uh, you know, and uh this guy comes up and he's like, yeah, but uh, your panel line, that one uh, panel line that you have there, that shouldn't be there. And then he walked off and I'm just kind of like, huh, well, you can just go lick my balls, uh, Mr. So-and-so. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just like oh, that type of guy that's just all they're looking for is they're looking for negative stuff or they want to. They want to critique your work and they want to tell you how messed up your stuff is. I have a saying for those people. And that is mediocrity attacks excellence. All those people are doing is they're they're selfish and they're self-conscious of their own imperfections and they don't want to let that stuff out and their own insecurities. And so they're like, they're going to crap on you to make themselves feel better. And you know, have at it. I don't pay any attention to those people. I could care less. I mean, how I build is how I build. and. That's it. If you don't like it, well, cool. There's no law says you have to like my stuff, but um, I like it. So f off. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Another I mean, thing, that, another thing that kind of cracks me up every time I see it is when a company comes out with a new model or a new decal sheet or something, and never fails. One of the first comments: one seventy two scale question mark. Or, or all the naysayers about, oh, that's the wrong yeah. color purple. Or you got, that's not wrong the most scale. accurate wrong, wrong scale. Oh, give me a break, people. Just be happy that we live in the times where we have like the best kits ever. The best supplies, the, best paint. Yeah, we've been in a golden age. Of oh, it's unreal. For the last 20 years. Yes. And every so, year, there's more, more yep. and more kits released every year. Yep. And the quality is just phenomenal. Every year just keeps getting better. But you I, know, yeah, I, and it just like it almost. I, I laugh because I'm like, man, relax. Give these guys a chance. Relax. <laughs> it's a. It yeah. is a maybe hobby. They, yeah. If that if that sheet sells out in 48 scale, maybe they yeah. will put it in 72 scale. Yeah. Who knows, yeah. man? But don't That's get right. on there and be like 72 scale question yeah. mark. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just it, you know. I, I, but again, I I don't think that it's. I don't think that. Um. Like again, because it goes back to the question was how do you keep the hobby fun? You know and. And it's like, I, that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to get away from putting a lot of aftermarket on my stuff. I'm just going to maybe put a seat or put some seat belts 
and that's it. No photo that, etch, no aftermarket, no nothing. And that's just, huge. Just, just, yeah. just, you know, get the, what part do I love the most? The painting part. So as quick as I can get to the painting part, that's where I like to spend my time. So that's where I have fun. And, and that has helped. That's helped a lot to just focus on, Hey, I'm going to just focus on the parts that I, the sections of, you know, I'm building a model that I love the most and try not to sweat the, you know, everything else. What I end up doing though, is, is I still sweat the other stuff. Sweat everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it's this weird, I don't know how to describe it, but I think everybody hopefully can relate that it's a, I want to make it more fun. I want to not stress and sweat the small stuff, but knowing me and how I am, I just like, I find there's a certain something on them, especially like on a model that I know the airframe fairly decently. I'm like, Oh God, I, now I don't care if somebody else doesn't do it. It doesn't bother me. But like for me, I'm like, Oh, I should probably fix that. Or if, especially if I make a mistake in like painting now that I'll correct accuracy stuff. Eh, it depends. You know, you know, my yeah. hat's off. I, I like, the- I like knowing about accuracy. But I don't necessarily want to fix it. Yeah, I'm not a slave to it. I'm not a slave to yeah. the rivet counting. And if it's if it's if that's how the kit comes, then you know, for me, the and this is where I'm going to get my head cut off by all you guys. But my prime example is the Hasegawa A Force. The mm-hmm. um the the I guess the lip that's right there, leading edge, the slat. leading edge slat. I, I I will never ever in the history of my model building ever fix that on an A4. Because I just don't care. I don't. I. I just. I could care less. You're wrong. And, and see, and, and I'm and happy to be wrong. Happy yeah. to be wrong. Could care less. <laughs> Why he's throwing you under the bus? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not right. And um, but what? Who? Who are you to say that it's not right? You know, I'm just kidding. I know you're teasing yeah. me, but it's really like it's just one of those. That's a good example of where I'm. I'm trying to not have to make everything perfect or make everything just right. So it's, well, you know, it's just one of those things. Well, my hat's, off, my hat's off to the guys that like to get every piece of photo etch and resin out there for something and then take all that and put it in there. And sometimes I'm just like, man, there's no way I could do something like that because yeah. it would just, it would just drive me nuts. You know, I was like, Hey, that's what, you know, spins your prop. Yeah. More power I, to you. But me personally, like I kind of, the tracker kind of pushed me to that end because I scratch built the entire rear cabin area and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just, I, several times. like. But you had fun doing down. that. You enjoyed I that did. process. I did. I did. And right? there were times though too, I was asking myself, man, why'd I have to, why'd I go down this rabbit hole? Yeah. I could have just left it. But then I was like, ah, oh, but then you would see it and I wanted to correct it and Mm-hmm. And so you're right. I did. I got, I did get enjoyment out of that because I wanted to prove to myself to see if I could scratch build yeah. Yeah. stuff like that. And it came out fairly well. But I think here's, here's the reason why we put ourselves through the torture of ensuring the details are correct and taking the time to paint the cockpit details and to make sure seams are good and the alignment's good. And because when you're done and you put all that time and effort into a model and it's sitting there on your on your bench and it's done and you've put hundreds of hours into it. Oh yeah, man. You're like, I cannot believe. Yeah. I got a, I got a Woody. That is just 
awesome. Like it, and then that's my real mojo is when I push through and finish a build and I've got a model that's sitting on my bench that I'm like, wow, I never thought I could build something to look like this. And then it just motivates you to, to do it all over again. But it's that in that end result, that end product that you're just well, like, man, that's cool. But there's the other side of that too. You get through all that stuff and you're sitting and you're looking and you're proud of this thing. You're just like cracking the beer, patting yourself on the back and you look <laughs> and one of your wheels is crooked. <laughs> and you five minute epoxy that thing. And then you got to get back on the bench and then you got to try and get the wheel off to straighten it up or your canopy's crooked. Uh... Or you're looking and you notice that you got super glue on your canopy or something. Oh, dude, it's it. You but know, that's, or there's some overspray. Oh, yeah. and you're just like, ah, oh, crap. But that's that? the that's the tough part is you know that stuff's gonna happen and then you know I just you just try to fix it the best you can and move on. But um, you know I've got a few models that maybe one or two where I'm like, okay, there's really not a whole lot of mistakes. I was able to fix them, you know, along the way, but. Most of mine have little goofs or little oopsies here and there, and I, again, I'm just kind of starting to realize, huh? You know, if like it, it really isn't that noticeable. I'm the only one that sees that stuff, and so I'm trying to again kind of go back to being able to just not sweat that stuff and not worry about it, and just like you said, bring fun back to the hobby. I say all that, and then I'm sitting here sweating, like, you know, making sure I get the right shade correct on my freaking 109. So don't listen to anything I have to say, folks. Right. So, you know, I'm, uh, for those of you that come to the the Friday um, get togethers at the, uh, at High Tide Games, uh, you know, Victor and I are are messing around with this uh, role playing game called Mustangs and Messerschmitts. And I'm sure there's some listeners out there that know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, you know, from what I've learned over the last 40 years of wanting to play this game, uh, there's probably only a third or fourth guy out there that actually will play the game. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyway, the it's really energized me because I'm now taking my 72nd airplanes and, and I'm building them wheels up. I'm sticking a rod in the uh, rear end of them so that they can rotate and I can maneuver them around on this big stick that can roll around on the floor. And I'm having a ball trying to figure out how to, you know, when it's, when it's there being able to roll it or climb or, I mean, it's just, you know, the physics of connecting rods and tubes and that kind of stuff to an airplane in order to, to a model in order to give it a three dimensional movement. And, I mean, I, I had a 48 hour build where I took a Spitfire and just threw it together and it looks great. I mean, I'm using all my latest skills and I'm, and, and it, it's a beautiful airplane. It's the kind of airplane I built when I was a kid, right? You know, where the wheels are up, it's ready to fly. I can r- fly it around in, the, in my room and I've got a, a Mach-E 202 that um, is probably a 60 or 70 year old kit um, and, and I brush painted it. Because I just felt like sitting down and going, I wonder how hard it would be to brush paint, you know, something like this, you know, old school. Yep. That thought uh, never comes it, across my head. Man. <laughs> and, well, no, but 24 hours later, I got a, I got a model that's, yeah, I could have done a bunch better job if I had airbrushed it. But you know what? I just sat here quietly and just, you know, brushed on some, I think, you know, believe it or not, there were, I think there were uh, Vallejo acrylics, um, which... I typically don't use at all, but they, 
They brushed on. They just brushed nicely. nicely. Yeah, they brushed nicely, and uh, you know, with a little bit of uh, polishing, the brush marks don't look bad. Um, yeah, I can see them, but uh, I think underneath a uh, uh, a flat coat, it'll probably look okay. And then the, once I do the flat coat, I'm going to try and put the little model on using a, a stipple brush. You know, which is a technique I've seen a guy use, and I'm going to see if I can't do that. You know, as an Italian, so I'm learning a technique while at the same time I'm having fun just building, you know, putting together an airplane. And and of course, the I'm not putting a cockpit in it. I'm just clouding up the uh, canopy, skipping a whole step. I mean, there must be 20 parts that I'm just ignoring, which is great. Half the model, um, and I'm and I'm having a wonderful time. Um, the, my my wife actually, my mother in law asked me about um, modeling, and I mentioned this, and um, she asked a question about it. I forget the question now, but I suddenly got so animated. My wife was like, "Hey, Timmy, you might want to calm down just a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was. It, it is. It's just. Uh, it, it's really energized me, um, which was real important when I dropped that uh, sky night on the on the floor and was ready to stick that in a bin and just say I'm done uh, because it, it suddenly was not very fun but because I built a couple of these uh, overnighters just to get my mojo back um, sitting down with that sky night and just I mean I'm having a great time oh yeah I need to sand it got a seam yeah okay big deal you know sand it down and uh, shoot a little paint yep no problem and I, my uh, my attitude's great, and it's it's awesome, and uh, um, I'm having a great time. But as far as how do I keep it fun, you know, yeah, there's the change things up a little bit. This is a good good example of changing it up. You know, building that one twenty fourth P forty seven this last uh, Christmas uh, that was. Oh yeah, that was a challenge, but at the same time, it uh, it was certainly a way to keep it fun because I said, you know, I've never built something this big. This is way out of my comfort zone, and I just plugged at it using using the basics and focused on. I'm just going to build a model. I'm not going to try and super detail this thing, and uh, and I stuck with it. And then the other thing I do is, you know, I, I like I like the phrase an hour a day, right? come down, you know, when I was working hard and, uh, and had a day job, I always made sure I came down to my bench for an hour. Even if all I did was just sit here and open up a few boxes of plastic and just kind of move some plastic around, fondle it, if you will. Um, but it goes both ways. You know, I, if I'm down here after three, four hours and I go, you know what, uh, I'm just, I'm suddenly not feeling it. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little tense. I'm struggling with the decal. Uh, it's like, you know what, it's time to call it a day and uh, maybe go upstairs, have a beer and uh, do something else. Take my dog for a walk or something. But yeah, it's it's do some other things as opposed to um, just keeping my head down with this hobby and trying to be better, 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 more, more, more. Because yeah, I'm, I'm retired. So in theory, this could be my quote day job, you know, eight, 12 hours of modeling. Uh, but I think that would drive me just as crazy as not getting any modeling done at all you know it's funny too because i'll find myself sometimes when i go to bed at night i'll be thinking okay how am i going to do that you know i'll be thinking in my head how i'm going to paint something or 
what I got to do next on this particular kid or, and I kind of, you know, I look forward to it. Cause then you figure it out. You're like, Oh, that's how I'm going to do that. And then you go down and you, there's been times too, when I'll, it's got me like motivated again and I'll get up and I'll go back downstairs and I'll try see if I can do it. And next thing I know it's three o'clock in the morning and I was like, man, I should probably go to bed at some point. That kind of stuff's good for you though. I mean, cause you are, you know, the problem solving and brain exercise of this hobby is, is, is a benefit. You know? Yeah, it keeps the mind sharp, yeah. especially as you're as you get older. Yeah, and that's important. But you know, here's a question to to it's kind of related. So talking about it's kind of the so how do you keep the hobby fun? I I think about what um what keeps the hobby from being fun. Like what's like if you had to think of a, the number one reason, like sometimes what what keeps it from being fun? And I think for me, it's um. I don't want to say it's the fear, but it's, I'm going to use that word because it just kind of fits right now, but it's the fear of putting in several hundred hours and then having a completed model that doesn't fit, doesn't meet my expectations. It's like, that's, that's kind of what, why I spend the time working on the seams and making sure the paint's prop correct and perfect and exactly how I want it. And, and it's weathered right. And I paint all the markings and I do all this stuff. Cause when I have a model that's sitting in front of me that I, that I, cause I've had a few that I've built and I'm like, well, that is not my best work. <laughs> and I put all this time into it and I'm not happy with it. And so I'm like, you know, but I cut a corner here and I cut a corner there and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And so I'm like, yep, that's why I should do all that stuff. And then, cause so I'm stuck in this freaking do loop of, if I don't fix all the stuff that I know that I should fix, then in the end, I'm I'm left with a product that doesn't meet my expectations. And uh, so it's it's this it's this it's, it's it's baby steps, right? It's baby steps of okay, well, let's just not put any AMS crap in there. Let's just put a seat or some seat belts, and let's maybe not spend three months painting it. Let's just spend a couple weeks. You know what I mean? And, um, so yeah, it's, it's what for you guys, what's your, what is, um, what's kind of the thing that definitely, you know, rather than what keeps the hobby fun, what for you is like your number one, what do you think, uh, will keep it from being fun for you? You know, too, one of the things that kind of keeps it fun for me too, is like, you know, have a text group with your buddies, you know, like what we do. Cause like when I get on there and I do something stupid, I'm like, oh man, check out what I just did. You know, and it's kind of cool to be able to step back and kind of laugh at yourself. You know, like, oh, dumbass, don't do that again. You know, or you're like, man, why did I do that? When I knew, you know, you know what could happen, you did it anyway. <laughs> you're just like, oh man. And then you got to start over and you got to strip something down and then you've got to. Well, there's nothing worse than having a group of folks tell you how jacked up your stuff is and you better fix it. Like, you know. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how that contributes to the fun of the hobby. But yeah, I don't think it contributes at all. Some because... so, some twisted way, it kind of does. I don't know because it makes you realize, eh, whatever. You know, well, they're your buddies. You know, they're gonna you know they're gonna razz you about it. And it kind of makes it, yeah. you know, it kind of makes it fun. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess so. Well, you if know. you ask, if you ask, if you're like, hey, what do you guys think of this? I'll get bow bets are off. Yep. But if you're just Stand like. By. Hey guys, what do you, you know, check it out. I just finished my whatever. Then, you know, there, there shouldn't be a lot of, Hey dude, you didn't fill the panel line on the aft uh, hind quarter on the starboard side. It's not supposed to be, you know, that kind of thing. So that's not fun. 
That's those are mojo suckers right there. But you know, if somebody if somebody's going to ask, hey, is there something I could do that's that would make this more accurate? And I know the answer, I'll provide it. But if somebody says, hey, what do you think about my model? I'm not going to tell them what they did that was inaccurate. It's like first thing I'm going to ask them is, did you have fun building it? And yeah. if the answer is yep. yes, then you know what? My opinion at that point really doesn't matter. Um, because, you know, if in terms of what I think about it, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll say that I think it's cool or um, I'll tell them what I like about it. Um, if I think they maybe overweathered it, I'll tell them I think it looks a little overweathered, but that's my, not my style, you know, but it, hey, if it's, if it's their style, go for it. You know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm not going to criticize people because the last thing I want to do is take the fun out of their hobby. And, and that's what I'd be doing if I, you know, shit all over their, uh, excuse my French, but shit all over their uh, model. Yeah, that's that's the worst. I thing don't you want can, them doing that to me. That's the worst thing you can do to, you know, some folks that maybe don't have, you know, a total skill level. There's, there's a few people that I, you know, think about, um, you know, they're just learning. And so you sure don't want to, you know, dump all over their stuff. Even if they ask you, hey, critique it for me. Like, I'm not going to crap all over them, you know? It's, I'm going to, yeah. when I ask, like, for example, one of you guys asked me, Hey, what do I think? I'm going to tell you what I think. If somebody who's just learning, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a different answer. You know, I'm not going to sit there and just, I'm going to, I'm going to be much more positive than I am negative with what they're working on, what they're building. Cause we, yeah. you know, we all, we all ha- have, even me. I mean, I, I, I still have tons of room to improve. I mean, there's certain things that I do that I'm like, eh. That's not that, that wasn't all that I didn't really pull that off all that well or I don't know how to really do that particular skill all that well. So sometimes the to bring the fun in is again it's just to don't sweat the small stuff just you know try to I want to go back to as a kid just enjoying building and build more. That's what I want to do. I don't build enough. You know, taking me right. a year and a half or so to a year year and a half to build a model that's just stupid. I, I shouldn't take that long, you know, but problem is I work. We all work. No, most of us work. Um, and, <laughs> sorry about uh, sorry, that. That's okay. And, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, I come home and, and, and I, I, there's other stuff that I like to do. I don't just build models. This is, I, I probably spend, I'm spend more time playing golf and doing other stuff than I ever do down at the bench. And that's just, you know, that's just life. But, um, one of these days, you know, hopefully I'll, um, I'll be able to just work on models and play golf and that's it, you know? So, but until yeah, then, that time will come. I mean, yeah. it, you know, in my case, it's, uh, I do two things, you know, it, at least according, I think according to my wife, I only do two things and that's model and sale. Um, yeah, I do other stuff around the house and I mean, I, I have to, or else, um, I wouldn't be married very long, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I walk my dog four times a day. I, I do other stuff, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of different things that go on. And, 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 and you, as you said, that's just life. Hey, Scott, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, what's the thing that makes it not fun. And I'll offer that, um, cause kind of the way you described it was, um, you seem to be more focused on the destination instead of the journey. And I've yeah. always looked at modeling as a journey because if I, if I reach the destination, why would I ever build another model? Um, so it, because the destination would be 
the perfect model, right? Your whatever your Magnus Opus, Magnum Opus is. And it always seems to me that I'm on a continuous journey here where I'm always trying to learn, always trying to be better at um, modeling. So yeah, sure. I sometimes, I sometimes, you know, I, do I fear finishing a model? Absolutely. Why? Because it'll probably never be the model I saw when I laid the sprues out and said, it's time to start clipping plastic and, and uh, spreading some glue on these things. And, you know, in my head at the time, that thing was going to look a certain way. And um, at the end of the journey of that particular model, it wasn't necessarily the same. Um, I got to admit, so far, my Sky Knight absolutely is what I had envisioned. It hasn't deviated other than the, the nosedive it took. There you go. But um, it's one of those rare, for me, one of those rare occasions. Usually, um, I, I get disappointed and just want to forget about a model, but it's, my attitude with this one has is greatly improved. And I think it's helped by doing this other stuff and enjoying building. And and that, like I said, the journey, as opposed to focusing on the destination. And I think that your point is perfect, Tim, because what it does is it just shows how, how quickly and how easily, like just speaking for myself, that I can get um, trapped in the the product, the finished product and forget about just enjoying the process of built. Cause when I was young, man, every single little piece I put together and every little piece that I painted, it was fun. It was, I, and I couldn't wait to start. That's why I would build like several kits a month. You know, I mean, I look, I have a record from 1982. I think I started writing in this book, every model that I built and I'd make these little, like this sucked or that was good or whatever the fit was bad or what I, from 1982, man, you know, I was, I think I was, I was 11 and I still have it. And I still, I, every time I finish a model, I do a little write up and I put it in there and, and I look now and I'm like, I finished two models. And then I look back in 1983 or 1984 and I finished like 17, you know, cause you're just like cranking them out, putting stuff together, having fun, putting them on your shelf and making little diorama bases out of cardboard and it was just fun. And so that's my goal is to get back to that. Cause I think you're right. It's the getting getting too wrapped up in the end product and even if i'm my own worst critic i you know that's that's the still my i'm judging myself like i'm like all right dude well you better not mess this one up this better look freaking good you know and i wish that guy would just kind of shut up sometimes you know and just go away and then yeah. i could just the the 12 year old kid would pop out and we'd have some fun just putting some slapping plastic together and painting stuff, you know? So yeah. maybe one of these days. Whitey, you've been quiet. Listening. <laughs> you learn a lot from listening. Um, yeah, but as, as far as the, um, what makes it not fun uh, question, that, that's a good one. Uh, there's certainly, um, you know, we all have those things about building a, a model, regardless of subject that, uh, that we hate doing, filling seams. Um, painting wheels, rescribing stuff. Uh, you know, those, those steps are always there. Um, for me, the one thing that makes it quote, not fun. And I don't mean this in a, in a terribly awful way or anything like that, but, um, uh, deadlines I don't like, you know, I, we, I talked earlier about this, uh, 
Mavis and I want to get it done before the, you know, Tim, Tim's giving me a deadline and that's, that's great. Cause it's going to push me. It's going to motivate me toward that. Yeah. Um, but I don't like that. I don't like feeling like, Oh man, I have to get down. There. Like, you know, Sorry. Oh man, <laughs> you know, there's a hockey, game, there's a hockey game on tonight. I want to go watch, but I got to get down there and, <laughs> and, and, and get, get some paint on that thing. It gets, you know, get that project moving along because I I'm volunteer you. I know. I, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and then again, a lot of this, the entire hobby is self-induced, right? I mean, I could just go ah, screw it. I don't care if this thing makes it to the club display. What am I going to, you know, cause yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose out on anything. Am I, but I want to, no. I want to contribute. No, you I want to be part yeah, of you, it, you know? Yeah, so it's all, it's all self, you know, uh, whatever it's um self-induced yeah. self-induced. self-induced there you yeah. go you, you just won't be in the club anymore i get kicked <laughs> out i know i have to reapply no 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 you you can still show up at the meeting just nobody will talk i'm just no <laughs> you'll sit in the i gotta back sit in that other table chairs. over there yeah, yeah, yeah you'll come in and, and i'll just i'll point and say why do you need to sit over there yeah <laughs> But that's really it as far as like what what makes it not fun uh, is is those that's why I got away from doing commission builds and um you know I I I'm, I'm away from doing commission builds but I you know a couple of guys around the office they know that I do uh, you know I have a few displayed in my in my office so they they know I build these things and uh, you know I have some a, a mod you know a little bit of talent with an airbrush right so um like my one boss the other day hit me up cuz he he had this old chess set that he's had for years and a couple of pots got lost in the move it's a revolutionary war set and so uh, you know with the advent of 3d printing right you know so he had a couple of the missing pieces he had the duplicates uh scanned and 3d printed and of course he hey you know what can you paint these for me i know you, you know how to like paint like figures and miniatures, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, sure. Like, you know, yeah, I think I got a spare can of Rust-Oleum <laughs> laying around. You know, I should just do a real hey shit man, that's job. Awesome. You just show up <laughs> and then, show up with a can, of, pull a can of Rust-Oleum out of your uh, drawer <laughs> at the office and just stand in there and you go, is that the color you want it? Because it's the only color I got. Oh man. With Two weeks later, it's a big, yeah, it's a big, big melted club on his, on his desk, on his, on his chest set. No, but you know, I mean, yeah, maybe that's bit, you know, I, I show up and I've done a horrible job of it, right? And they go here, all done, and then I never get asked again, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what well, that, that's way it'll that's it'll work that way, right? Yeah. No, but I could, you know, but when someone does that though, and I'm sure we've all been approached, um, yes. you know, and you know, I, I go, okay, and, and I'll I'm I'm right up front with. with when someone like that asked me, you know, like, I was like, okay, do you, do you need them right away? Because I got, I got a few other things I'm in, in work on. No, no, no. You're like, you know, whenever you get to it type of thing. And I'm like, sure. All right. Roger that, man. I'll, uh, I'll get to it. You know? And, and then like a week later, they're like, are you done yet? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I mean, that, that's, you know, yeah, I hope not. Right. <laughs> Guy you owns the company. Done. <laughs> you said you'd have these done, Mister White. <laughs> uh, I'll get to them. Get a three day scam. You know, it, it, me was a phone call. It won't be a year from now, but it's not going to be next week either. Uh, you know, uh, but commission builds is you know something I've mentioned before, and and again, a lot of time it, it depends on who the person is. You know, um, you know, but it, 
back when I was still active duty and guys would hit you up and you know, a lot of time when you throw a price at them, that, that'll, that keeps them quiet pretty quick. Uh, (laughs) What? You want $500? Yes. It's called minimum uh, and, wage. And that's, that's all I'm charging is minimum wage. Pretty but it much. It takes 100 yeah. hours. Do the math, buddy. You think you want to go home at night and just work on stuff for them? Yeah, no. Um, but I think people, they probably think, because we've all been asked, you guys are great about doing commission builds. I, I, I just tell people no i i'm, I'm not you know and they're like oh what's up with you you won't well, how hard is it and i'm like it's okay hard. it's yeah, not easy. no idea you know it's it's just you know yeah no yeah to do this quality of work yeah the quality you expect yep. will take between 150 and 250 man hours easily yeah at minimum yeah. wage at artisan wage here's the price at minimum wage yeah, it's this. Guess what? My time's worth a lot more than minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a guy ask me one time how much he charged me or how much I would charge him to do a P3. And I think I told him like $600. And he looked at me and I was like, well, what's your time worth to you? And he was like, yeah, oh, a lot of know, people don't right. think of it that way at all. I was like, no. because, no. you know, I'm the one that's got to deal with as I look over my shoulder, my wife complain that i'm not upstairs hanging out with her because i'm down here trying to work on something for you and the cost that i'm paying is i'm pissing off the wife you know who i live with and yep you know i don't i I don't live with that person and so when i do a commission bill i just tell him look you'll get it when you get it i'm not going to blow you off i was like but i got stuff that i'm working on i was like i got a life too that i got a balance and It'll come up in the queue, and I'll get to it when I get to it. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I think, I think, you know, but I do think, above all, you know, keeping the hobby fun is just, just I, I make, I'm trying to make an active, like an actively trying to, not sweat the details and to just, you know see like okay how can i really make this more fun how can i build a little faster and to be honest with you it's working out like you know i'm i feel like i am starting to build a little bit quicker so it's just just uh just have to try it you know give it a whirl and see you know hey if what if i only spend a week painting this thing vice you know a month does it look the same oh well look at that looks cuz i know some folks that can crank them out man and their stuff looks amazing and uh, you know we can all we can all we can all improve even if it's just um, not taking the hobby so seriously, bringing the fun back in it, and but hanging out with your model buddies and having fun that 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 helps that helps a lot helps bring because that to me is is more fun than like going to a show and meeting people and looking at other people's work is is just as much or more fun than l- sitting at my bench working on a model you know so that's. That's that's good. Yeah, it's a hell of a community, and I I get a big sense of community just by not only just hanging out with you guys, but going to shows and chatting with people, and um, it, you know, it's uh, it doesn't matter where it is. I I just that sense of community is real important. I never thought it was because for decades this was in my eye was just a a solitary hobby, you know, occasionally you'd run into somebody who else who did it. And then if you went to a show, you'd see some guys that would do it, but I didn't know who those guys were. Most of them were just a bunch of old guys that 
I really didn't want to hang out with because they were all a bunch of old guys. <laughs> and uh, now that's now us. That's us. <laughs> yeah. Now that I am one, I realized that, you know, this is not bad. I mean, yeah, am I going to am I going to necessarily hang out with a young guy? No, I'd probably be a little uncomfortable, although we have some young guys in the club that I don't mind hanging out with. And we talk about the things that are common and uh, that is not something I had, um, you know, for most of my adult life. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't want to sound like it's sad or anything, but I, you know, shit, when I was working, it was all about work, you know, and I'm, when I'm with my, even on the ship, you know, I'm, I'm with a bunch of other uh, shipmates and, you know, yeah, we went on Liberty together, but Hell, I can't tell you how many times all we talked about was work shit. You know, yeah, it was over a bunch of beers and we'd get drunk together and, you know, cry over the beer because, you know, commander so-and-so or captain this or chief that, you know, was just pissing me off and ruining my week or whatever. But, um, and, and, and I love those guys, but, uh, at the same time, it was not the same community that I have with modelers and, yep. That's that's real important, um, and it's a real big thing I get out of this, and what makes it fun, and why I enjoy this hobby so much. Hey, thanks guys, thanks for weighing in on that topic. I just thought it was something kind of, you know, that we could discuss because all the stuff is going on now that we've all heard about, and you know, it's our hobby. It's supposed to be a hobby, and let's keep it fun. All right, well, that's going to close up this episode. And before we go, I want to take this time to thank our many listeners, gracious sponsors. Without our listeners and our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to take the time to sit here and to do, you know, and talk about, you know, have a, a podcast where we talk about what we all love to do. And so I want to thank Detail and Scale, Furball Aero Design, Basics by Bill, Tamiya USA, and Screw Brothers. Well, that's it, everybody. Another show is in the books. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sitting here discussing the hobby. And we want to thank you for making us a valuable part of your bench time. We hope you can join us for the next podcast. But for now, be excellent to each other. Get to the bench and build something. Out from the geeks. Make your 10, boys. Make it like your 10. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody.